social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. It is Monday. Happy New Year, one and all. Here we go. The holidays have come to a, a conclusion. I hope everyone had a happy and safe uh, both Christmas and New Year's. And, folks, I wish we could be starting the new year off on uh, on a better note. But let's face it. The state, Governor McKee, is really facing challenges. The state is just the COVID situation is a mess. The testing is a mess. Uh, schools are having problems with staffing problems. It's, uh, it, it's, it's really the whole thing is like collapsing as we speak. And something else that, that I wanted to mention is just this horrible story about this 17-year-old girl that was killed. She was out New Year's Eve. She was at her sister's. She was driving home. Quick five, ten-minute ride tops. And then this barbaric uh, loser coward comes cruising along 100 miles an hour and uh, crashes into her and and then takes her life and then flees from the scene like a coward. The state police have him. He's got the jackets an inch thick. I mean, this guy, this clown has been in trouble his whole life. He was uh, arrested at different times, 18 years old. He, the, he, even at 18, does an on-camera interview with Channel 6 admitting he stole laptops. He broke into, at one point, Governor Raimondo's SUV. Uh, I have no idea why this guy was on the roads. But one thing, folks, is you have to weigh is, is Rhode Island safer under Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee? Now, this is someone that he wants to start handing out driver's license to, his, to illegals. And, you know, listen, a car can be a weapon. A car can take a life. If he felt that strongly about it, why not just give all the illegals free bus passes? I'd rather have them all riding public transit. Why do they have to have licenses? But we know the answer. It's really all about voting. It's all about pandering for the vote. That's the real reason behind it. Governor McKee seems oblivious that people would be hesitant that he's going to put all of us in more danger by allowing all these people onto the roadways. These are people that... You know, they've already proven they don't follow the law, right? That's why they're in our country illegally. So they have no problem breaking the law. Why would you think that they would that they would follow all the rules of the road? So it is a terrible story. And this this jerk, this criminal, this killer, he even posted, oh, I, tonight I think I'm going to go out and drink and I'm going to crash my Benz into someone. And that's exactly what he did um the charges i don't know why he was even on the roads he's in the past was arrested suspended license suspended and then he would jump bail not even show up you know you have to you don't you know what else i notice folks is you don't governor mckee i never hear him talk about law and order you never hear any local official truly talk about backing the police right now you're seeing the new mayor in new york is first day of the job he's calling 911 he sees a fight at a subway stop. The new mayor called 911, and you can bet that they responded very quickly. That sets a tone that they're not going to allow crime. Governor McKee right now, they're also, the Department of Health have totally flip-flopped. Now they're going to allow people that were frontline workers, if they've had COVID, which means they have natural immunity, then they can come back and work in our healthcare system. That's a complete reversal from what they said September, October. No, this is a governor, unfortunately, that he's going to face a primary this September, this September, even though he hasn't announced that he's running for office just yet. But let's face it, folks, the, the price of inflation, uh, Governor McKee, uh, at this point, people are losing faith. He's had the shot. He's been the governor since March. The state should not be this much of a mess. He thought COVID was over. He took his eye off the ball. He went on a two-week vacation right around Thanksgiving. He came back, and by then, already things are too late. He has a lieutenant governor who brings nothing to the table. He is going to have no one to blame but himself, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. So if you are frustrated trying to get a test, I understand that. It makes no sense that the two states side by side, one state has the mask mandate, the other state does not makes no sense at all but folks it's not your imagination the mckee people have really been thrown now 
uh, on this COVID situation. Now some schools don't have staffing. Children belong in the classrooms. Don't listen to these people. This business of distance learning. That's if there's a blizzard. This isn't a blizzard. Those children belong in the classroom. But Governor McKee, is Rhode Island safer? What are the what are the priorities for the new session with the General Assembly? They want to give licenses to illegals. They want to open up those injection centers so people can shoot fentanyl and heroin and meth. So every junkie within 500 miles is going to move to the state. Uh, plus, they want to do more, give more free housing to illegals, more free housing to homeless, uh, more benefits for panhandlers. They just raise the minimum wage. The left is dictating the agenda. It's hard to see that Governor McKee is really in charge of things. But things have spiraled out of control with COVID. They have. He was not prepared for it. He didn't have his team prepared for it. And now we find the situation that we're in. The good news is I don't think it's going to last that long. I think this uh, latest variant, I think, is going to blow out of here sometime this month. But for now, it's a problem. All right. It's a new year. Happy New Year. Lots of news to report. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Make Henry Oil your oil provider this winter. Give them a call today. Call Henry Oil, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, serving most Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable, Fuel oil delivery, fuel fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, residential and commercial, it's Henry Oil. Give them a call. Since 1947, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today. Make Henry Oil your oil provider. 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Remember, online at henryoil.com. Go with the original. Go with the best. It's Henry Oil. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional, and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find karen on the web at www.innovast.com brothers disposal call brothers disposal today get a purple dumpster for your driveway how do you know it's brothers disposal because it's a purple dumpster look for them on facebook and give them a call for an estimate 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're cleaning out your basement, your garage, unwanted belongings. Maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out. Clean it out with Brothers Disposal. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland today at Brothers Disposal, 401 401- six eight eight zero five one seven whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings call brother's disposal today come on brother call brother's disposal 401-688-0517 look for them on facebook brother's disposal get a dumpster in your driveway 401-688-0517 folks you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's a.m 1380 99.9 FM. You could always listen online at our website, capitro.com. It is time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor for anchorrising.com. It's our friend, Justin Katz. So, Justin, I'd like to start off just because um, <clears throat> it's really remarkable to see um, the you know amount of uh, back and forth in, in, that you were involved in. But I, what I'm talking about is last week, Representative Patricia Morgan, who plans yeah. to introduce uh, – legislation against critical race theory being taught in the Rhode Island schools. And she put out a tweet and, you know, it can always be debated whether or not it could be worded differently, what have you. But I think both of us were uh, were just appalled at the onslaught of um, really a pile on uh, 
it, to me, a big attempt to silence anyone that would speak out against critical race theory. It was um, it did really take off. And I'm anxious to hear now that the dust has settled some of your thoughts on, on what exactly took place and then the aftermath. Well, it, it seems like a great example. I mean, sometimes you read history or you hear stories and you, you think, how could things like, say, the Salem witch trials have happened, right? I think it was a good example of how that happens and the way these mob, this mob mentality gets gets whipped up and, and also uh, how social media is deliberately doing it uh, from a progressive point of view i mean initially it was you know it was a tweet as you said whether it was well worded or not i don't know um, i think a lot of it has to do with twitter and you don't really have the context of right. representative morgan saying you know i watched this person's what she said and did over the year and it was definitely turning in that direction and so it was this is why i think she was cold to me at a christmas party i mean that's that's not that's not really a, in any stretch of racist uh, uh basis comment to make it's an observation of a relationship um which at the most requires more detail but you so you get all the activists black lives matter in rhode island and all them you know coming forward and calling for her to be taken off committees and you get the house speaker you know offering some milk toast kind of comment like yeah it's division is not tolerable um but what really makes it made it take off i think is somehow this Twitter algorithm starts to put these things in front, these local dust-ups between, you know, pretty low-level politicians uh, in front of, you know, major, major national figures and, and known political activists like uh, Sulu from Star Trek who start right. retweeting, oh, this is racist. And that keys off all the journalists, uh, especially at the state level. It started with the Boston Globe. Um, and, oh, this is a controversial racial statement. And next thing you know, it's it's in the Washington Post. And this is national news <laughs> during COVID and Christmas and Russia invading Ukraine, about to invade Ukraine, all this stuff going on around the world. It's national news that a Rhode Island uh, representative tweeted something debatably racist it's it's really is amazing to watch especially one of the striking things for me that really shows how it's it's all fabricated was right there in the boston globe story one of the first mainstream news stories on the topic uh they're quoting tiara mack criticizing patricia right. morgan tiara mack just as we both have noted a few weeks ago was saying the worst. but a few weeks ago she's tweeting things like my standards for white people are very high and they just got higher you know i think if you're gonna talk racist that is racist and that but that doesn't matter that's what shows that shikarchi's comment we don't tolerate division is baloney they tolerate all kinds of division it's just right. division from a certain point of view um and that was a, actually a pretty good way to get people to, to be quiet was to tweet that comment at them and say hey by the way what do you think of this but so you get this and then what really struck me uh was and and you participated in this this discussion too online is so patricia tweeted out a comment she got from a from i think he's a lawyer in Pawtucket. i could be wrong about that wishing for her death, her death. <laughs> uh, because of, yeah and so we criticized oh. that and then we got attacked for for focusing on the people wishing for her death rather than her comment and uh, you know in my mind, now you're getting to the territory where it's really just a matter of luck, whether some some wacko person takes it to the next level and actually starts stalking or gets violent toward the representative. Right. And but when that happens, you know what's going to happen with all these people who criticize it. It's going to be downplayed. It's going to be quiet. They'll walk away quietly because ultimately they really don't care. And so that's why I'm saying this is why it's just like a, a Salem witch trial kind of madness where people rev this up they get all emotional they cause something bad potentially to happen and then they won't take any responsibility because they were just in it for the for the feel good and I, I think that's a big part of it is they get to feel morally righteous on the cheap but i also found and again folks our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing editor at anchorising.com what also struck me justin was when i read that now i knew <clears throat> that last spring rep morgan was the one that introduced the legislation so i took it as her friend knew she'd introduced the legislation, and that's why she was cold to her. As I was trying to point that out to some people from out of town, and I don't expect them to know that, it, thereby, it doesn't even matter. Uh, the same thing. It's such a double standard. The Boston Globe, when they start doing these different tweets, you'd think a follow would be, wow, look at also these tweets that Senator Tierra Mack put out. None of that happens. 
Um, you know, Corey Jones, who actually works for Governor McKee, saying she should resign because of, of, of the comment. But, Justin, you're exactly right. It becomes a total pile on. It also becomes it doesn't even matter what the truth is. They feel just that, that that almost by disagreeing with that, basically it would be OK if she got COVID and then, you know, died from that. I mean, it's just such an over the top reaction. Oh, it certainly is. It's, I mean, it's just the 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 idea that um, that you can't we can't objectively talk about these things. I mean, I being kind of a, a geeky person, uh, given the opportunity, I took it off into a lengthy discussion and research about uh, on mortgages and, and black home ownership over the yep. last eighty years. And even there, you know, I, I was writing just because it was an interesting topic. I was writing, you know, fifteen hundred word essays on it and people I was discussing it with still responding, you know, Oh, you're just racist. And you know, there's, there's no opera, there's no effort to understand what people are no. actually saying. There's no effort to, <laughs> to really bring people together. And that shows that the people, I mean, the division thing is, is really striking. I mean, you could, okay, fine. You think it's racist. You want to say there's no room for racism in our, in a general assembly or whatever. That's dumb, but that's your opinion. That's fine. But when you say there's no room for division, that the, these are the divisive people when you're not listening to people when you're not trying to understand okay what did you mean by that uh that means you're the divisive one you're just they're just trying to cancel people and lock them out and you know as i started to get some pretty heated tweets from you know low low count low level accounts people who had just a handful of followers and that kind of thing i would click over to see who is this person just out of curiosity and it a pattern starts to emerge over time where a lot of them are really kind of disturbed people they'll have tweets about how they're so depressed and all this stuff mm. uh, and and i think i think that's what we see a lot of it is just the it's a really an opportunity for people to just, they feel part of the group. They feel empowered. They feel intelligent because they know some secret, the racist guy writing 1500 word essays doesn't know, uh, you know, that they, I think that's a lot of the motivation. And I think there's a cynical level of, of the activists like Tierra Mac and the rest and the black lives matter folks in Rhode Island. They, they know <clears throat> deep down they're taking advantage of people who just need to be, who, who are looking for emotional affirmation. And, and I think that's where it really gets disturbing to me. There was also a good offshoot of the whole thing, as I discovered, and that was <clears throat> Senator Tierra Mack tweeted out, I'm the friend, because Patricia Morgan said, I had a black friend. I liked her. I thought she liked me. I'm the friend. And then that took off, and she was raising money. Well, I pointed out, it turned out that she confused the Morgans. The Morgan she knows is Senator Elaine Morgan. She's never even met Representative Patricia Morgan. I thought that could have been if a journalist, you know, someone in the mainstream media wanted to, here's a, a, a black senator who's getting a lot of play off this whole thing and then was even raising money, as I said, confusing two white women that serve at the state house. They, one, she, she thought she knew she didn't know. And of course, Justin, no one writes about it. Uh, I thought the Boston Globe, inc including every single tweet, to me, that shows they are high-fying they're totally on board with the whole thing what was your thought on uh Barbara Ann Fenton and also um Blake Filippi and Susie Yankee to a degree to me kind of throwing um Representative Patricia Morgan under the bus and they, they're not going to win any support with the other side I don't know why you would do that It'd be better to just not say anything but what what is your thought on that well, on Fenton Fung, I mean, she's she's establishing herself as one of the most progressive legislators in the General Assembly. And so she, I guess she's she can be a Republican if she, well. Yeah, well, I, that's the question for me right now. Is is, is she was she is she just expressing herself, or is she really seeking to be? Because this gets you if you're the Republican who's who's criticizing your fellow legislator in a general assembly? That gets you in that Washington Post story, right? Or I don't know if she was in it, but I mean, it gets you at that level of of attention. You're you a bipartisan attack on Patricia Morgan, and you're one. You're the Republican, so it is. I could be opportunist. Uh, it could just be because she's a, a radical leftist who now is is letting herself letting her freak flag fly, as they say. Uh, so that's her. I, I was disappointed in, in Blake. I actually tried to follow up with him and said, "You said this wasn't in keeping with Republican values. What do you mean?" And and he mm. wrote back to say, "Oh, you know, she she tweeted something about her friend." 
All right. What? <laughs> so Republican right. values are, are not tweeting about your friends. It, it has so it has nothing to do with race and all that stuff. So it's just kind of a cowardly. I mean, maybe he believes it. I don't know. But I, I just don't understand why, as you say, you, you could be quiet. You don't have to take the slings and arrows like you and I did. But right. I, I don't understand why. What what is served by that? I mean, it's it's almost like a, a giant rope a dope for with these people, you know, just just they're manipulated into attacking uh, people who agree with them on most things, ensuring that they will remain small minorities because they'll never build up a base who trusts them. I mean, it's just, I, I don't understand the thinking except that they get, they get in this panic and they see all the tweets in the Washington Post story and a Boston Globe story. And they think, oh, I've got to comment on this if I don't comment. But really what, we're, what we've been learning in the past couple of years is just say nothing and it goes right. away because it's That's just right. it's just a madness. If you walk away, nothing is going to come of it. I also think um, it, actually, let me let me take a quick break. We're going to come back, folks, a lot more. It's politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank, and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508 508- Two five two thirty three fifty nine, and in Rhode Island four zero one eight eight five forty two zero nine. You can depend on Propane Plus. We're speaking with Justin Katz, folks. Our segment is politics this week. I just want to follow up on the Brett Morgan uh, controversy broke out last week regarding critical race theory. Justin, simply because what I think the real goal here, and and I'd be surprised if they weren't successful. But it's it's really up at the state house or even locally to silence anyone that wants to bring it up because now they would just paint them as racist. And I I believe whether it's Blake Filippi or Susie Yankee or Barbara Ann Pettenfung, I think the Republican response should have been, you know, that critical race theory is an important discussion. It's going to be an issue for parents. Just that that I, I, a lot of people believe that's what a, a, a elected. Glenn Youngkin and beat, beat Terry McAuliffe for, for governor of of Virginia. I mean, it's it's a it's a viable issue. It's something that is on the minds of people. You know, whether it's Nicole Solis or Ramona Bessinger, it is. It's been proven. It's out there. It's a rallying cry for parents. It's a rallying cry for uh, you know uh, home teaching from home or private schools, and that they have to be called out on it. But but I think what what I was so disappointed was the local Republican Party, instead of trying to stand their ground and just say, all right, maybe she didn't explain it perfectly. That doesn't mean critical race theory isn't an issue that needs to be, you know, hashed out and discussed. I, I think they have allowed themselves to be painted into a corner where now it's, again, the fear of being called a racist. I th- yeah, well, and it shows how how in a, incapable they are of, of kind of even when it, where they have an advantage, taking advantage of it. And yes. I, one of the reasons in the background here that a, a sort of second level observation from that, it, it really shows you. So if you think we're we're a bunch of conservatives, Republicans, we're we're pulling together our movement, we're trying to trying to figure out how to make some headway here and get more than a handful of people in government. And you know, you don't necessarily have to you know put your feet in the sand and stand up against you know against Hollywood celebrities and all that stuff like maybe people who are more have hardier backbones like you and I are willing to do. But what it does show is they do not communicate. They do not work together. If no. so, I mean, if you you have to. Patricia Morgan had to go around and get her own media to explain the history of this. You know, I had a yeah. year's worth of of experience observing this this person this friend's speech and i i that was 
pretty clear to me which direction that person was headed. I mean, that that's a, a good explanation that humanizes everything. And so if you get this budding controversy uh, and you're, especially if you're at the, leading the state party, I mean, we're, we're kind of, I'm usually the one def defending them and, and their inability to get things together, but this is not hard. I mean, even though Blake Flippy and, and Patricia Morgan have had their differences, you can contact her and, and have a, a working relationship and say, okay, what's the real story here? And right. then you can go out and say, well, you know, this was her relationship and now I'm going to pivot to the issue that I'm that we're really exactly. strong on, which yes. is critical race theory. It's yes. just there's no coordination. They're all just sort of independent actors trying to figure out, in a sense, what's best for me in my position as a politician, which yep. which is really not encouraging at all for for anybody who wants to kind of get involved or get to help out. Because and that's definitely been my experience with with a lot of the, the Republicans. There's just no they're all just trying to figure out how to keep themselves afloat and they never get around to to trying to trying to coordinate because they're so scared that they'll end up on the, the wrong end of one of these these flash attacks from the left. Folks, again, our segment is politics this week with me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Justin, let's pivot to um, <clears throat> Governor McKee. I think the uh, the few days leading up to Christmas and then last week, um, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts, but I, I just think they have really he can try to make all excuses he wants. And he's writing a letter to the White House, but uh, just glaring errors, testing problems. Uh, now they're even going back, saying that staff that had, had COVID can come back and work. I think it, it is remarkable what has taken place with the governor. Uh, over the past 10 days, I, I think we kind of got to see inside the tent. It's to me, it seems like total chaos, uh, completely unprepared with what we're going through. But again, I, I always appreciate your insight and want to hear your thoughts on this. <laughs> well, I, I can't disagree on that. I, I think what we're seeing is, is some of the same kind of principles we we're just talking about with the Republicans. It's just I think they are they're so reactive and in fairness to the people in power in Rhode Island, there's a lot of madness out there. I mean, I've been seeing commentary from, from parents who think it's just the obvious thing to send all the kids back to remote learning, which if you looked at test scores and, and read about, you know, the emotional and effects of, of what we've been doing to children over the past couple of years, no parent would think it's obvious. You know, whatever, right. whatever your conclusion is, you will not think it's just the obvious no. thing to send kids back into that, that hellhole of, of remote learning. But so there is that crazy element out there. And of course, there are progressives trying to take advantage of that. So there is a... McKee does have a, a narrow lane to try to walk as he as he tries to get reelected in the primary next year. But I think his problem is he's got nothing to moor on. He's not he's not progressive. He doesn't have their backing, so he can't really push back on them from the inside. And he's not he he he's not standing on kind of principle and and rational analysis. I mean, even now, if you look at the state's health. They, they update it every day, pretty much. So it might change today, tomorrow, or the next day. But as as I speak, the state's health care portal shows hospitalizations going down for the past month incrementally. And so we're having this panic over nothing. Uh, and he's, I think he's just being reactive, trying to figure out the politically savvy thing to do. And I think it's really hurting him. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to hear from people, and I, I don't hear from a lot of people, but I'm starting to hear from people like any hope he had of having me in his in his backing is gone, yep. you know, business type people. Uh, and you, you know, it's having an effect. I mean, the other day I had to run to the grocery store for a couple of things. I just, I just went over the border to Massachusetts because I didn't want to deal with deciding whether to be an activist or not, you know, just, right. all right, whatever. I don't, I, I'm not going to wear the mask if I go in. I don't want to have a scene. I don't want to see a neighbor and have, get a dirty look. I'm just, I, I'm just going to go to Massachusetts, get my stuff and go home. And I think a lot of people are making those kind of decisions and McKee is not showing leadership whatsoever. No. And I thought it was uh, also glaring. I mean, that press press briefing, the COVID press briefing he did last week uh, between Christmas and New Year's. I, I just don't remember the last time I saw someone to me he was really struggling. Uh, one of the reporters even asked a question that Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker was getting 200,000 test kits and they were going to distribute them to to students and their parents. What what do you have? And he said, oh, we, let's bring up Tom. Tom, can't, like, how do you not know that you don't have them? Tom McCarthy gets up there and says, well, students can book appointments online. That's nothing new there. And then on top of that, 
Justin, maybe you can explain this. Governor Piki, what what is he talking about when he keeps saying Rhode Island is leading the nation in testing? Do you, I, I mean, and I'm being, I, do you have any idea what he's talking about with that? We're not even number one in New England. Governor, Mc, Governor Baker just totally blew you out of the water with 200,000 200, test kits for students and teachers before they go back to school today. And I'm saying, do you have any idea what he's talking about that we're number one in the nation in testing? No, I mean, all I can think of is I, <laughs> I think of Ren, Ren Raimondo used to say we're, we've, we number have one the strongest job learning. Growth. Oh, yeah, well, the number right. one in, in job growth, but you you know you had to cut the data to the smallest possible increment and pick one out of a dozen different numbers and say that one, that one that we're good on. I, you know, I think that they it feels like they did that one day a month ago, and they said, okay, that's our talking point. We're not changing it no matter what. Uh, it's just, it, it, or maybe we're we're number one among states between Connecticut, and Massachusetts. I don't know. I it just the it's just messaging at this point, which shows they've got no mooring. They're not willing to, to address facts, honestly, which, which is not really what you want to see in your government during a, a, the tail end of a pandemic. In, in uh, how much, before we go to the break, I, I think this hurts him because I don't think we're, it's over yet. Uh, I'm not going to go through, through the whole thing. Uh, he and Dr. Scott are clearly not on the same page. The fact that, you know, you had those frontline workers, many of them had COVID and they were still forced out of jobs. Now they're saying they're going to, bring them back i i think in my opinion the last weeks three weeks of 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 uh 2021 or at least two weeks i i just think disastrous for the governor because they they really didn't seem to know like the right didn't know what the left hand was doing right right and i think a lot of their poor decisions and, and decisions they made i mean monique chartier on uh on anchor rising has been writing about how there apparently was no dis no analysis of how many healthcare workers would be lost if with a mandate. Uh, and now we're, you're talking, she calculates maybe 1300 were, wow. were lost and that's a significant number. And at the same time that you didn't do any analysis about that, suddenly a couple months later, you're saying, all right, well, maybe nurses who have a little bit of COVID could go to work. It's just, it's nonsensical. And I, I think part of it is a re refusal to, to actually reverse. And so it's, it's an interesting contrast with the federal government, which is starting to give the impression that they're trying to back out of this during the election year and, and say COVID's over somehow uh, and, you know, reduce restrictions. And they're saying the things a lot of us have been saying for years um, about the nature of the virus. And it, you see that at the federal level. And at, but at the local level, McKee, you know, you, you can say, you know what, this took a direction we didn't we didn't expect. We have to let nurses who might who might have a little bit of COVID go to work, and we have to accept the unvaccinated nurses back in. And maybe maybe put it make them wear masks or test often as a sort of face saving thing. But at some point, it has to stop becoming about messaging. And I think that's that's the real thing. There's no there's no leadership. There's no dis decision of okay, I'm the governor. I'm going to calculate risk. It's all just reactive with the principle that we have to have zero COVID or you have to do every th single thing possible. And I don't think, I think the people McKee would be relying on are not activists and they're too smart to, to not see through what he's doing. Folks, quick break, a lot more. Politics this week, Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Heating season is here. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system. Energy efficient, quiet, and more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL, carrier factory authorized dealer, licensed, by the way, in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts for 55 years. JKL's reputation, second to none. Call JKL Engineering today. Replacements, whether it's for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial, called JKL, 401-351-7600. They do it right. They do it right the first time. This winter, you can depend on JKL Engineering, 401-351-7600, licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorrising.com. Justin, um, I also want to touch on, number one, Governor McKee 
did an end-of-the-year interview with the Providence Journal, said he is 100% behind giving licenses to whatever people want to call them, undocumented illegals. But now he is – that's the most aggressive stance I've seen where he is fully on board. And then I go back to – or I kind of tie in at the same time the tragedy that happened uh, New Year's Day, actually, early morning hours of the new year, 1 o'clock in the morning, this poor 17-year-old girl – uh, leaving her sister's house in Warwick, driving from Warwick, uh, 117, right around there to East Greenwich is maybe a five, 10 minute ride. Uh, but somebody comes cruising along 100 miles an hour. This guy's got a long record. I have no idea why he was out. License suspended. License had been in been accidents before all this other stuff. And um, what really stood out to me was, you know, you had a, a boy that basically ran away from home Christmas night, was hiding down the street. And Mayor Laura's at a press conference and they have FBI involved in this big thing. And 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 yesterday, uh, you know, no reaction from Governor McKee. The, the, there's, there's a feeling to me that by licenses for illegals, he can try to say it's economics or, you know, it's as Dr. Scott likes to say, equity. I, I, I just think they, they, they're not even thinking of the danger they're putting the, the real Rhode Islanders who will be on the roads have to deal with a lot of these people. It is it's very unfair how they try to do that. It's oh, it's good for the economy. They're already here. Um, the, the, you know, we are we plunging into that. There seems just to be more and more chaos. And and the suburban, you had the young girl that was killed from Warwick in Providence on August 1st. Mayor Lords are still left that day for his New Hampshire vacation. There doesn't, to me, seem to be any caring for the suburban families, suburban young people. Uh, they're more than content to add danger into the mix, to me, all in an attempt to try to just pander to get votes for the big primary coming up next September. Yeah, I think our our politics are definitely breaking down in that area. I, I think a big part of it is they've they put everything in these silos and they never step back. I mean, political silos, this issue, that issue, and they never step back and start saying, all right, are we creating risks here with this? I mean, I mean, not only just the, the drive-by shooting and, and that sort of thing in Providence, but you know, you, you've got parents of, it was a story a few weeks ago, a parent from Minnesota or somewhere whose daughter goes to Providence College, flew yes. in because she was jumped and was in the hospital uh, right outside the, or nearby that's the right. campus. I mean, that's just, you, you, those kind of headlines are not are not good. And not only that, but if you step back and start saying what's going on here, I mean, I know the General Assembly plans to take on guns this year. You want to take on gun violence in Rhode Island? Take on gangs. You know, that's right. probably the thing you want to do because it's all it's a largely gang related. But the thing is, I, I think of like your your great reporting on on airplanes coming in with undocumented. Yes presumably with undocumented people that the Biden administration is distributing around the country. The Biden administration, for its part, is not has no handle on who's coming over the border. They're flying these young adults, often, often just young men. Presumably some years ago, we heard all about what was it, M13 gangs coming over the border, flying them around the country, putting them in different places. At the same time, you're, you know, you're giving out in-state tuition, you're giving out uh, free COVID tests, you're giving out driver's licenses. This is going to happen. And it's not to say that every illegal immigrant is a bad person and not to say that some, a lot of them aren't just trying to make ends meet and doing the best they can. But at some point you have to step back and say, what environment are we creating? I mean, the, the, the one who was driving the car the other night, I, I don't know whether he was an illegal immigrant, but I mean, if you look at his social media, he was a distraught guy who, who seemed to be seeking almost like death by driver accident yes. uh, and so the that kind of person is going to be in the mix as are the gang members as are all of them but they don't want to admit the policy world they're creating so they focus on every narrow little issue and never look at the big picture and i think we're going to see more and more deterioration until somebody decides you know what we just have to deal with this we have to acknowledge the problem and as we were just discussing with covid uh that's not something our politicians are very good at actually discussing problems particularly when they they might have made disastrous ones before you know on the national level hillary clinton did an interview last week and she said uh, you know, very concerned because uh, winning it's it's all about winning elections and winning elections is not going into the bluest 
sections and blue estates and yelling out into an echo chamber all these progressive ideas. It's, it's about winning elections. Chris Matthews, formerly of Hardball, said, you know, I warned the party about going too far left. Justin, as I look at the Rhode Island State House right now in the new General Assembly session that starts this week, uh, I see moderates that are intimidated by the progressives. Um, I, I would even say the progressives, they may not even realize, but they, they absolutely intimidate, influence Governor McKee. You know, look at the, the, the priorities. Um, we're going to have safe injection centers, licenses for illegals. They want to restrict guns even more. Um, they, they, it, it, as I said, injection centers, legalized marijuana. There's, there's nothing pro-business. There's nothing even family-oriented. Everything are these fringe progressive issues that they seem intimidated by the Twitter mobs, the progressive collaborative, and Black Lives Matter. I, I just said, and I mean that, I cannot believe how much influence those people have in seemingly driving the agenda. Well, it is it is a mystery, although the the one kind of not so aligning, but the one uh, glimmer of hope that somebody's getting it and that there's something under uh, underneath it was uh, Senate President Ruggiero kind of backtracking on on taxing the rich. So yeah. there, there are somebody somewhere has Good decided point. we can't go off the cliff completely. Maybe it's yeah. just because some rich constituent of his said, hey, you got to stop this this year in election. But yeah, I, but I agree. Generally, I just. I, I don't know where people are. I don't know why they're tolerating, you know, schools that are not serving our children. I mean, including in the inner cities and, and the progressive areas. I, I don't know why they're tolerating this madness. And I, my overall thinking is that the nursing shortage we're seeing right now, it's not COVID. I mean, we have half the, half the hospitalizations roughly that we had a year ago. It's, this is an existing problem because of the way we do business. One of the things that's going into effect right now as we speak is a, a minimum minimum uh, staffing for nursing homes with nurses and CNAs. And from my understanding, it's, it's potentially the, the most extreme such a restriction in the world. I mean, that's wow. going into effect in the middle of a, huh. a nursing shortage that shows you how crazy they are. And I think, I think the nursing shortage, and this is, I've written about this on Anchor Rising, I think is an indication of what's to come as, as our state kind of deteriorates further and further. I think this is going to be a roving crisis from one industry to the next. And what's really shocking is the the unwillingness to backtrack or or to to say, all right, we've got to shore up our our, our as you said, pro business, our, our families. We've got to shore this stuff up because that's that is the gut of what we are as a community. Instead, it's all trying to piece together a coalition of votes. And uh, I think in Rhode Island, that's what you get when you've basically got a a machine operated. Uh, political system that just you you have to get in line you have to play along you have to you know it's all an inside game it's all about getting a little advantage over the next politician and nobody really has incentive to stop and say what is the right thing to do for everybody what's going to work here for everybody and actually to, to tie it back into critical race theory i see a lot of that a lot of you see the suburban schools that are 90 percent white doing equity audits to understand how they can change the way they do business in order to stop do, using systems that supposedly help white students and start using systems that supposedly help black students. Well, maybe that's necessary in some places. Maybe you need to adjust a little bit, but we got to keep an eye on whether we you know, to, to take away a system that's working for some of your 90% of your students. I mean, I, we, nobody's allowed to even think in those ways because they'll be called racist. And I think that's, that's an indication where we're going. We're just all this little stuff, you know, Plastic straws are now, you have to ask for them. They can't just give you a plastic straw. Okay, we got that done. Yippee. I mean, just as the COVID was kicking in, they were banning the re deliberate release of balloons. I mean, this is what's important right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's maddening. I don't know why people aren't seeing it and reacting. You know, it's also, Justin, just finally, is, you know, uh, McKee beat Ruggenberg in 2018. That was the moderate that beat the progressive. Ramundo beat Matt Brown. Uh, Biden beat Bernie Sanders. What what I don't understand is if McKee ignores Biden is being led off the cliff, you could argue by the progressives. They went for that huge project. That's not what people voted for him. The, the left is the progressives are dragging him to the far left, causing inflation. Uh, his administration's really in trouble. Governor McKee, you know, to ignore that, if you follow that crowd, the progressives, the co collaborative, the BLM, they are the activists. 
They are a bottomless pit. You will never satisfy them. After when Governor McKee had the press briefing at the state house and said, we're going to do this for the homeless, we're going to do this for the homeless. I thought it was so telling that Lieutenant Governor candidate Cynthia Mendes stormed out of the state house press conference and said, it's still not enough. It'll never be enough. And if anything, now it's too late. That that to me is a warning sign. That is someone you will never satisfy them. So the the uh, the definition of its insanity is thinking that you can satisfy that person. They have non-negotiable demands, and the and and the peril that awaits the moderate Dems that think that they're going to be able to uh, play ball with with the progressives in this upcoming session. I'll give you the final word in our segment, Justin. Well, no, that's that's absolutely correct. You'll never satisfy them because this is this is their ratchet. It's obvious. It's easy to see. And it has been for decades. So there's no excuse for that. And what what they're not keeping their eye on is McKee beat Regenberg. Yes, but not by as convincing a margin as a sane population would want. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't exactly a blowout for McKee that that shows he's safe uh, in his seat. And I as I said, I'm hearing from people who who said I was one of those people who helped him get over the line. I'm not going to do it anymore. What would be right. the point? And I'm hearing the same so, uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna lose because they they're not willing to to make new alliances. They're not willing to challenge the crazies in their own party, and they're not and they're doing nothing to keep the people who thought they were marginally better than the radicals. So I, I'm not I'm not optimistic about the chances of of moderates in Rhode Island. That's for sure. Folks, it's a new year. Segment remains the same. It is Politics Week. Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin, happy new year. It's going to be a big year with the elections in Rhode Island. Look forward to talking to you. Great job. And again, happy new year. Absolutely. Happy new year. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today. 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident? Someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen. Whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving, If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender bender, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best. And if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401 272 3340. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, joining us right now, as much as people think of the holidays and Christmas and all the excitement and a new year that it could bring on, uh, people think that they should be happy. It actually can, uh, there's people dealing with some very difficult feelings, and there's been an epidemic of, uh, of grown men and middle aged men taking their own life. And Dr. Rob, who specializes in this, and Dr. Rob, I think one of the first things is it's family members or maybe people see someone at a holiday party or just know of someone and they they want to reach out and, and find out just how someone is, is doing mentally during the holidays. Yeah, it, it's pretty common for some, some people to be really distressed at this time. And the most important thing you can do is to let somebody know you care. Just to say, hey, it seems like you're really struggling. Is there something I can help you with? Uh, would you like to talk about things? Um, let's sit down in a quiet place and, and just have some time together and, and try to see what's, what's happening here. Um, so that's, that's really important. Your expression of care can restore hope to people who are feeling pretty hopeless sometimes. So very it, important. And folks, this leads to this website that Dr. Rob's going to direct people to. We've been doing this now over several months. We're going to continue into the new year. And uh, it's it's mantherapy.org. And Dr. Rob, you know, again, as I said, people see, oh, I, I should be happy, and they see the lights and Christmas. But this time of year and a new year, it, it can emote, uh, bring up a lot of past memories. Uh, you know, people even refer to it as ghosts of Christmas past. We're remembered when you were a child, and then you think of 
Maybe there are people that are no longer with us. And, and for varying different reasons, it, it can actually be a very difficult time for people mentally. It, it can be. And uh, middle-aged men particularly in general are, are very resistant to seeking help sometimes. And there's a certain stigma about going to see a therapist or going to even see your own doctor sometimes. Um, so one of the resources that people need to know about is this uh, web- website called mantherapy.org where you can just anonymously go to the website and check out your own mental health status. That's what's called a 20-point head inspection that helps a guy figure out, am I just being stressed or are they really suffering from depression or, or some other mental uh, health challenge? Um, and there's lots of resources listed on there, too. It, it, in the first place, it's a very humorous uh, site with lots of funny videos, but there's also some really valuable resources available there, too. And again, you don't have to face the stigma of uh, seeing somebody going into a, a therapist office or something. So just go to the website, go to the website of mantherapy.org and, and check it out. It's really a lot of value there. Folks, we speak with Dr. Rob. And Dr. Rob, not only that, but because there is a website and there's a link, people could either send it through text message, they could send an email. I received a nice email from this woman that hadn't seen a brother in a while, talked to him, did not sound good, did not sound like himself. And after our conversation, she she just sent him the, the email. She didn't have to talk about it. She just sent him the email and the link. And then uh, and it, it turned out that, that there was something much deeper that's going on. So um, that is one portion of this. And Dr. Rob, you've also been so good and such a leader on leading people. People think about taking a CPR course, but there's even a course that people can take to look for warning signs when there's someone who has kind of lost their way. Yeah, this course is called QPR, which stands for Question, Persuade, and Refer. And it basically teaches any any adult citizen how to recognize that a warning sign that someone might be thinking about suicide. And then it uh, helps them to be able to ask the question directly. Uh, are you thinking about taking your life? Or are you thinking about suicide? And then let me help persuade them to let you help them get some help, uh, just as a friend or a neighbor or a coworker not a professional, but just somebody who cares about them, and then to refer them appropriately. Uh, it's important to realize that not everybody who might be thinking about suicide needs to go to the emergency room. Not everybody needs 911 called. Uh, so this teaches you how to do this. It gives you some real tools, and as I said, how to recognize first and how to respond that someone may be thinking about suicide. It's been, studies have shown it really saves lives. Folks, again, it's the website is mantherapy.org, and I want people to understand that this is the age group that this really focuses on is middle-aged men. There's been rampant. Uh, it's, it is an epidemic of uh, middle-aged men that have been taking their life. It doesn't have to be that way. So whether it's a spouse or a friend or a coworker, whoever it may be, mantherapy.org, we're going to continue our conversations with Dr. Rob into the new year. Dr. Rob, I want to thank you once again for your expertise, expertise, sensitivity in talking about it and dedication to it. You are literally saving lives. And thank you, thank you for agreeing to continue our conversations. Well, I'm delighted to, John. I really appreciate all your support and help in this. It's the, I think it's a great service to the community. And thanks you so much.